So hello and welcome to episode two of the Turn 5 podcast. That's the five of us again. Myself, Christopher, Alex, Nia, Richard and Ben. So this week, it's, there's no race, sadly. So we thought we'd talk about a bit of the, the wider world of Formula 1. Drive to Survive being an optimum place to start there. Obviously, the Netflix series that's been in production for the last three years. Um, this year being a bit different um, because of COVID, but I'm sure we'll come on to the, the challenges that the team would have faced um, in the paddock a bit later on. But let's let's get some opening thoughts on the series. I know for me, I'd, I'd quite enjoy it. It's an interesting way to see some of the behind-the-scenes things in the paddock that you wouldn't normally see. It is Netflix, though, so there is a bit of dramatisation. I'm sure we'll come on to that as well a bit more later on. But, yeah, I, I find it quite fun. Richard, what do you think of Drive to Survive? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I love the, um, the sort of... Uh, the, the the take you get from uh, Drive to Survive, it's a very sort of entry level into Formula One, sort of here's an overview of how everything works. And they get uh, people like Will Buxton to break bits down for you if you're not sure on anything. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, it, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all just fun, but it's the the extra interviews that you otherwise wouldn't see and all the, the drivers and the... Um, team principals swearing and such um you, you get some some extra funny bits that you otherwise wouldn't get on on a normal broadcast um but yeah obviously their their prerogative is to to make an entertaining show so obviously some bits are going to get tweaked and twisted to sort of help to sell that but for the most part i i think it's a, a good show um but yeah i i We'll, we'll come on to why I, I don't like certain bits of it, but overall, I think it's it's a good thing for Formula One. Yeah. Ben, are you a fan? Uh, yeah, I don't see why not. It's probably quite perfect for the casuals because it gives them an insight to what happens behind the scenes. And then obviously for the hard, well, I say hardcore fans, it's a bit like backstabbing in a way because of like what happens with the radio calls. I, I suppose we go on to that. But it's hyped up a lot. And it's probably good for F1 because it gives them more more for the fans. Yeah. Nia, do you like Drive uh, to Survive? I I would very I uh, I really do like Drive to Survive because um personally that's how I got into Formula One was my brother telling me multiple times to like oh watch this watch this it's really good and then I had a day during quarantine which wasn't doing anything just like watched all the way through the first season it's like I really like this so it's a sport so yeah I think it is a really good way for people to be introduced to the sport like especially with my personal experience because now I was like this is all I talk about now <laughs> so um yeah I think it's a really good way for people to come into the sport for fans especially for me this year I see why more like fans people who've been fans for F1 for longer before Drive Survive I can see why they don't like it like some fans don't because like, obviously it's been dramatized firstly for Netflix for new fans people who wouldn't necessarily understand the sport completely and um, I see why they don't like it we'll probably get into it afterwards but um yeah, I, I really do like it. I think it's a good way to see all the behind the scenes and everything. And finally, Alex, what would you? What's your thoughts? 
yeah it's gonna sound i think it's gonna sound in this podcast like i hated it but i really no i really did like it um obviously it's the whole you know situation that everyone's touched on about you know dramatizing things fabricating but rivalries or whatever not showing you know key parts of the season like you know a lot of stuff about hamilton george russell insecure that sort of thing but i think it does its job which is to get new fans into the sport and I would say I've noticed, you know what it's like when you're, your friends outside of Formula One, mo- the vast majority will say, oh, Formula One's boring. It's just cars driving around in circles. I'd actually say I've noticed a difference. And also, I'd argue that there's a greater social media presence in terms of F1 now because of Drive to Survive. So I think it's done its job in that regard, which is really, really, you know, it's, it's great to see new people get into F1. And obviously, it doesn't matter how much you know about the sport, that sort of thing. If you enjoy it, then... And that's brilliant. And obviously, we know what Netflix is like. I mean, any Netflix show based around sort of real events is twisted for drama, isn't it? And one where the sort of, you know, so-called experts might get annoyed at the fact that it's not reality. But there's a fine line between, you know, a season review and a Netflix show, isn't there? You don't, you don't want to sort of... It, I, I'd like to see more of the what actually happened in the season covered, but then you're risking kind of make it into a... Sky Sports F1 season review, aren't you? Really? So that's yeah. I'm sure we'll come on to ways to improve it later, but that's that's my thoughts on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I think for this one, we'll we'll mainly be focusing on Series Three, um, which was released the week before the Bahrain Grand Prix. It was quite good because we had testing, then we drive <laughs> to survive, then we had the Bahrain Grand Prix. It was a very good way of doing it. Um. So, yeah, if we, we'll just go through it episode by episode. I'm sure if there's anything jumping out, we might find a little bit of a tangent there somewhere. I mean, but, just, just to start on, on the tangents, um, in terms of the timing of it, and it kind of links back into the, the social media presence, is that it's it's helped maintain a coverage of Formula One. Yeah. Because otherwise you just have that that nice two-week, well, the, the week gap. Some, normally it's a, a few weeks. Um, but every year it's always been, we have testing, then Drive to Survive comes out, then we go racing. And this this the third year we've got that now. Um, and I saw a graphic the other day that Formula One is the fastest growing uh, sport on social media. It For like the second or third year running, it's outpacing the Premier League, the NFL, NASCAR, everything. It is by far and away the fastest growing social media. And I think that is largely down to the approach that Liberty Media have taken with with their coverage yeah i think um sorry i think the i think i read somewhere that the barring grand prix was the most watched race on sky sports f1 yes yeah it was yeah, yeah i think it's so yeah. which um which means it's working yeah mm. yeah something's going right because more people are tuning in even the and qualifying was the most watched yeah it was the most watched session. qualifying ever yeah it was uh, like the most it was the first qualifying session that had over a million viewers or something yeah at, so, at one time yeah yeah but it's, it's good it's good it means that liberty are doing what um bernie wasn't which is modernizing. yeah so. and i enjoyed it because it did give me something to do in that that week um, and because i i deliberately spaced out my watching of episodes so when it dropped on the friday um i watched two episodes each day on the friday saturday sunday and then one episode on the Monday to Thursday to ensure I had at least something to watch before race week started. Um, but 
no, it was definitely great to have that buzz around Formula One keep going, coming out of testing, because then it was Drive to Survive, and then coming out of that with the race. Whereas we've got this week where there's no race and it just sort of it just sort of vanishes. <laughs> yeah. Um one thing um I liked because last year, 2020 was my first season watched it because of Drive to Survive, because obviously the season was delayed. So that gave like a lot of people time to watch it and like catch up with everything with the sport, like personally I, me as well. Um and one thing well, I was watching the races with my brother. We were both saying, "Oh, I wonder how they'll do that in Drive to Survive," because then it gave something for <laughs> gave us something to look forward to. Uh, just waiting for the next for the next season to start, so it just made us think, "Oh, I wonder how they play that out." Because like, I'm also a film student, so I was thinking, "Oh, maybe they'll do this. Maybe they'll do that. Who knows?" And yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I think as Formula One continues to grow, Netflix will continue to adapt. But they had the well, the, the logistical nightmare of trying to film it while within F1's very strict COVID bubbles. So I think I think season four is going to be a lot more. It's going to be more of the same of season three because I think they're still very limited in their um, social interactions between teams. Um, I know that a lot more, there's a few more photographers being brought in because I've seen um, F1 to Twitter being really, really annoyed about, I think his name's Kim Illman and how he's just a really, he is like paparazzi basically and he's like really invasive towards drivers' relationships, their girlfriends and it's just quite weird and the F1 Twitter is like really mad about that. So I know they've definitely been bringing in more, bringing in more photographers and like more social media, I guess. Yeah, yeah. One thing that's the downside of uh, the sport blowing up, isn't it? Because you see it with footballers, you get the paparazzi everywhere. But you look at sort of like coverage of modern Formula One drive, people only really know Hamilton, Vettel, the the big big mm. names, the multi world champions. Um, you say someone like Lando Norris or. Pierre Gasly to most people they'll look at you with a blank expression on their face and say who I think um, maybe just sorry just to cut in mm. I think maybe with Lando especially because like he's done loads of Twitch stuff he did the Twitch Rivals event which is quite big over Twitch and he had like loads of different streamers come in and he's obviously he's friends with big YouTubers like Will Any and uh, I think he was friends with Dr Lupo I think who's quite big on Twitch so like Lando's also branching out in that way on the streamer side of everything and obviously there was the Twitch quartet as they were called who branched out into streaming as well so like people like Lando are also like he's more likely to be known like Hamilton obviously different sides of the internet Um, but I think Lando is probably most likely to be known as well as Hamilton if you say his name somewhere just yeah, to, like, it really depends your... on the uh, the yeah. demographic, though, doesn't it? So yeah, like, yeah. if you picked a, a middle aged man who didn't even know what Twitch was, yeah, they, yeah, they, exactly. yeah, it's yeah. If you picked Bernie Eccleston, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think so. just finally before we do move on mm. to Drive to Survive as a whole, I've found the corporate Formula One website. There was one point five billion TV views in races in twenty twenty. 
compared to 1.9 billion in 2019, but we had four less races. So the audience retention is still really high and there was still one and a half billion views across all the races. And Some you, races... How many of those didn't watch because they were hit by COVID and then couldn't afford yeah. the subscription services that they needed to watch the races? And some of the races cleared 100 million viewers, um, 100.5 million for Portugal, 98.1 for Bahrain Outer, and 89.1 for Turkey. Um, 103.7 million viewers for the Hungarian Grand Prix. So that's across the world. But as Formula One noted in that report as well, we didn't go as global as normal last year. So there wasn't races in China, Australia. Like imagine the Australians having to get up for every single European race last season. It would have been brutal. Um, yeah, it did kind whereas of Formula Europe. <laughs> <laughs> normally they've got their own race as well. The viewership would um, peak for that particular race. So it'll be interesting to compare it if we do get that this 23 race calendar this year how many viewers actually tune in to all the races and um, but we won't find out until early 2022 but yeah so drive to survive episode one aptly named for formula one cash is king Um, it touched on the absolute disaster that mm. was the australian grand prix weekend that was a and also it started threading the seeds of the pink mercedes um, yes, the the racing point car. <laughs> what what did we all think of that as a start? So it, it didn't actually touch on any racing. Um, That's because it wasn't any, was there? <laughs> yeah, we, we got a little snippet of testing, which was odd to see because that that was normal Formula One. Mm. Um, and then we jumped to episode two, which is Formula One in a pandemic. But it, it was quite interesting to see normal Formula One again. Um, but. Yeah, so what do we think of, of episode one? Um, it, I think this is going to be a common theme of I really liked what I really liked the way they covered the whole you know COVID situation. I think it's very, I said this to you off air, Chris, when we just before we started, it's a very Netflixy thing, isn't it? Yeah, a, a pandemic affecting <laughs> you know a whole sport, but um, yeah, I think I think they covered it really well. And it was such a weird, I remember I was at uni at the time and it was such a weird like because it was the night before practice, wasn't it? Because mm-hmm. it would have started at one, like one or two a.m. Yeah, it was. Time. It was two hours before practice. I remember it, was, it was such a weird. Because like, evening. I had, I had stayed <laughs> yeah. up for Friday mm-hmm. practice, and um, because mm-hmm. there was nothing, like there was no news, so I'm like, I'll stay up and I'll see if the session goes green. I'll find out if we're going racing, and then two hours before Formula One officially cancels the, the Australian Grand Prix, there was people yeah. in the stands. It was, it was really. I mean, it was so weird because at the time we. You know, obviously COVID was a thing way before we went into lockdown and stuff, but we never really, until right before Australia, we didn't really expect, you know, it's going to cancel the season for a long period of time, did we? It was much the same with other sports and stuff. But um, yeah, back to back to Strive to Survive. I think the whole the whole cash is king thing, I think they could have played on that title a little bit more, if you see what I mean, in terms of a bigger feature on kind of what Ham- uh, sort of particularly Hamilton campaigns for, the, you know, the... Um, well, we race, we race one that's kind of been on the mind, isn't it? But you know, what the sort of things that he campaigns for so the racism, the equality, the um, you know, uh, in- inclusion of ethnic minorities in the paddock, for example. 
And I think the, you know, the little segment, I'm mean, jumping to the end here, but the little segment that he had right at the end of episode 10 was not really enough. I don't think. I, I think, and that's that's without mentioning, <laughs> I mean, they didn't really touch on anything of his season, did they at all? In terms of the win records, the title. But I think that's a common theme for me. Of I like what they did. But, I mean, we were talking about this earlier. I, I think they could have covered more, if you see what I mean. And that's where you talk about, Maybe they, well, obviously, they, they couldn't have quite so much access because of COVID, which is understandable. But I think this is where, you, you know, maybe you need more microphones in around the teams, that sort of thing, and be prepared to be flexible. So if, for instance, I think they did this well with, um, they, well, they did this well with the Grosjean crash. You know, you've got to be prepared to change what you're intending to cover for an episode, if that makes sense. So obviously there was a big event there and then they, you know, they did a Grosjean feature for that, didn't they? And that's, yeah. I think for the Grosjean crash, they were quite fortunate that they were with Haas that weekend. Oh, were they? Um, Yeah, because the way it it worked for Netflix in 2020 and all the photographers was they actually had to embed into the team's bubble for that weekend. And they had to wear team kit and everything. So for them to have had that level of access to Haas, they would have to have already been with Haas. Um, to sort of prevent cross-contamination across the paddock. Um, So I think they've been quite fortunate. And that's why the things like George Russell and Sakia couldn't really be touched on that much because they were with Racing Point. They couldn't just dive down to Mercedes and be like, oh, it's George. Whereas they could have done that in 2019. Mm, That's the issue. Um, You never know what's going to happen in a certain race. But yeah, I wasn't aware actually with Haas that weekend. But there was one other example. Uh, I've forgotten it now, but where they something happened in it, something very significant happened. It was Gasly actually for Monza, wasn't it? They weren't with AlphaTauri, they were with them for Spa, mm. but then they kind of segued into Monza quite well. Yeah, and I think as a general point, that you know, be prepared to be more flexible with the more significant things. Otherwise, you get a Mercedes Russia situation where it's not a particularly relevant race for their <laughs> season. Doesn't really paint the picture very well. But that's the one they're covering, if you see what I mean. Yeah. But sorry, I've kind of gone off topic from episode one. But <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, th- I think the the cash is king title came from what Lewis said in the Thursday press conference in Australia. Yeah, and he got asked, "Should we be mm. here?" And he just turned around and was like, "No, we shouldn't." Exactly, but yeah. but cash is king was his exact words. Um, yeah, but... I think I agree. They could have maybe done a bit more, and like maybe how much profit or whatever affect how much they lost because of COVID-19 how like the money side of everything because to play into that title a bit more because everything else it can't the title of the episode works more than Cash is King because that was only like a couple of minutes of the episode where say like we need to talk about Ferrari the whole episode was about Ferrari so like yeah it could have that maybe done a different title or just played into it a bit more. See, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this in here now. So oh, I yeah. think that Cash is King is not only referencing Lewis's Thursday press conference quote. Uh, the amount of coverage that Racing Point got, mm. I think it's also mm. referencing uh, Lawrence Stroll. Yeah, yes. and the fact that he is now coming into, well, he is the new billionaire in Formula One and coming in and splashing the cash um 
and un- he's undoubtedly made a splash uh, with with essentially the pink Mercedes as it yeah. was. Uh, it was so nice before. to see W10 back on the grid. <laughs> <laughs> It's the first time a Mercedes has lined up on the grid two years in a row, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and the first time there was ever a Mercedes, one, two, three, four as well. Yeah. Um, at the uh, Hungaro <laughs> ring. Uh, a couple of other notes I had um, about the episode. Generally, seeing people with no masks feels weird now. Yeah, um, I, I, I watched that episode, uh, episode, seasons one and two before season three, and I was like, no, why are you so close together? You should be wearing a mask. Mm. <laughs> it's just um, weird. <laughs> the way they handled Australia was a bit of a farce, uh, very much a farce, to be honest. Um, and Netflix the, the, or Formula One? Uh, Formula One. Mm. Um, mm. Because they left it so late and yeah. they could see everything else was going on and they could have done it earlier. I think um, if we hadn't had that positive test, we would have went racing. That's yeah. the scary <laughs> thing. Yeah. If that positive test hadn't came through, we would have went racing. And then you think about how many people in the crowd would have caught it or yeah. passed it on or whatever. Uh, I imagine most of because it was was it two McLaren engineers who got it. Yeah, yeah it was definitely McLaren. Yeah, but it was just it was McLaren. That McLaren was the only people engineers. The get affected. Yeah, it was McLaren engineers because I remember McLaren posted a video for their engineers who had to be quarantined in Australia and their experience with like their mental health and everything. And um, imagine if we had gone racing, they would have infected infected a lot of people at McLaren. And well, even if we had gone racing, McLaren had announced that they were pulling out true. because of Yeah, McLaren was withdrawn. So like, we'd have only had nine teams. Yeah, true. But they still could have been talking to people from other teams because I imagine, like, yeah. a lot of people are friends in F1. Yeah. So, like, they definitely could have maybe infected another team. Another team would have to pull out and then it would just been a mess, even more yeah. of a mess than it was. The uh, the only other note I have on the episode is uh, Gene Haas is miserable. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you pump that much money into something and you're coming last, <laughs> when a few years ago you were, they got what P five in the constructors. Yeah, yeah, yeah was that's it a bit of a bit of a downward spiral from there. Um, and I mean, I think, to be honest, I think he's probably quite happy that they didn't go racing in Australia, given their reputation with uh, wheels. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's what they've had three wheels come off in two races in Australia. Yeah. So stupid, um, which is obscene for a Formula One team. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the coverage of Haas is quite extensive because i think netflix have really um bitten into the fact that the 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 audience loves gunter because gunter doesn't take it from anyone and will happily dish it out to everyone um, he does not blank smash my door <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, yeah exactly uh, i mean he's he's one of the one of the best characters on the grid to be honest um I mean, it's, it's always him and Christian Horner that seem to get most of the yeah. Oh, yeah. team principal times. Yeah. I think Christian Horner gets so much TV time because he can be such a snake on Drive to Survive. Oh, 100%. literally. I, I, think, 100%. I mean, he's, I, a, he's a snake in the pit wall. Yeah. Oh, look, here's this footage you didn't have yesterday. Would you care to have another look at why Lewis Hamilton deserves a three-place grid penalty? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just shameless about it as well. It's yeah. like, you look at... Um, 
how he treated Gasly in season two. Like, oh, you're doing great. And then it, it literally cuts to Christian Horner talking to Helmut Marco, where it's like, yeah, he's useless. Yeah, and Alex this season as well. Because yeah. was, was it in Austria where, I think it was Austria, the second episode, he, he was talking to Alex saying, you did fine. It was Lewis's fault. It was all fine. It wasn't anything to do with you. And cuts to him, was like saying, he's like, he's not doing well. He's... <laughs> Sorry. Notes, notes to yourself in post-production <laughs> in a no. you might get a bono you never know that's but, okay, we're, we're covered for these situations <laughs> we said before the podcast as well don't swear it was me that said that as well yeah 20 minutes is all it took that's all it needs um but yeah, having nicely segued onto episode two, um, I think it's, it's yeah, back quite on obvious. Track. <laughs> it's quite obvious that Christian Horner really doesn't know how to console a driver who's not having luck go their way. Yeah, it's not Max Verstappen. You, you saw the the conversation that he had with Alex after the crash in Austria, where well, after he got wiped out and then had to basically just trundle around at the back. And, then and it's just, it was just so awkward. It's just kind of like, yeah, they're there, mate. Un- unlucky. Get them next time. Turns around. Jesus, what are we doing? Yeah. It's like... And that was after one race as yeah. well. <laughs> and it wasn't even his fault. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's you could dispute that Alex could have been more patient. Okay, yeah, um, but at the same time, you could have said that Lewis could have been more patient at Brazil last year. Yeah, well, <laughs> in fairness, Lewis got a five-second time penalty in Brazil. True. Um, and penalty. And then got five, a five Yeah. I felt like the Brazil penalty was a lot more deserved than yes. the yeah, Austrian I mean, penalty. Lewis, Lewis came better off in both of the situations, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... like, there wasn't much else Lewis really could have done in no. Austria. But Brazil, he did sort of just yeah. drive into Albon. Yeah, that was that was a ah ah ah. What a shame. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, thing is though, I think Christian Horner, he loves the cameras with him, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> when when they were first with him in episode was it episode two when they first came to his house, he he just loves it, doesn't he? But then the one time he really got rattled was do you remember when it was like uh they said something had happened so I can't remember what but, and he was like I'm gonna lose it if they ask about Gasly. It's just like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That whole thing, the whole thing with it was, Gasly. It was and you have what Helmut Marko said this week as well <laughs> about the, was... the qualifying lap in Bahrain. Wasn't that Yeah, good, Max apparently? could yeah. have went two tenths quicker yeah. in the A202. There's, I mean, that is, I think that relationship's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Red Bull Gasly relationship. But but I don't think yeah. that's anything to do with Gasly either. I just don't think Red Bull like admitting they made a mistake. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get on to Monza later, won't we? But yeah, yeah. They do. I think in terms of Austria, anyway, I think they covered all the right stuff. They they happened to have, like I said, with Norris, weren't they, and Albon? Yes. I think yeah. the main, and obviously Norris's podium. Uh, again, my, my favourite phrase, it was a very Netflixy thing, the whole Norris closing the gap, <laughs> closing the gap to five seconds. Very over-dramatised, a lot of radio. I mean, yeah, but even but... watching it live, because the, the you, you, you saw that you had the gap up on the, um, yeah. on the graphics, and then he comes around turn nine, and the graphic disappears and you don't have the gap anymore and he's mm. crossed the line and you're sat there going it was 4.8 the last time we saw the graphic mm. but did, did he actually stay, do it did it stay 4.8 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 
so no I, I i mean yes it's they've they've definitely nailed the dramatization of that moment but even watching it live it was still very tense it was, was there, yeah uh, was there at one point in episode two where they used the wrong radio i think it was like a radio from portugal where he was say lando was saying carlos just turned into me but that was from like portugal or something and in austria i don't know where it was austria or Styria, but they did barely even turned into each other. It was literally just yeah. I mean, they the, just the went like that. The radio. Yeah. <laughs> what was it in the radio? Yeah. Was it yeah. In... It was in episode three. Um, I think it was yeah. where we had Steria and Leclerc and Vettel <laughs> yeah. no, no, came yeah. together yeah. and they played Brazil 2019 <laughs> radio. You're like, yeah. That is that's uh, the one note I have about episode four. And that was <laughs> yeah. the other. Yeah. The other classic that went around on Twitter was I think Albon said, "There's no grip on these hards" when he was. On softs. Yeah. <laughs> again, that's something that, as I mean, new fans aren't going to know that, are they? So, yeah. One, the issue. one thing I noticed watching it back after getting really into the sport was that there's two different commentators there's Crofty and Martin Brundle, and then there's also another commentator who is specifically commentated the bits they need to show. Oh, Ben Edwards. Yeah. Because he does, um, well, he used to, he retired uh, last year, didn't he? But I can't actually work out because sometimes I sometimes watch the Channel Four highlights and I can't work out what Ben Edwards actually said live and what is just mm. like yeah. been edited in. Think, and the same with Alex Jakes as well. Actually. Yeah, I think some of the things. Well, Alex yeah, Jakes they'll be taking his um, commentary from the Pet Lane Channel because yeah. he so did had commentary yeah. on F1 yeah. Live. Yeah, yeah, which think, is BBC Radio. Yeah, I think mm. some of the things. Ben Edwards, I think he said his name was. I think the mm. things he said had been specifically recorded because they were too specific to be ge- like general commentary. Because mm. they were just saying how like at the back of the track, at the back of the pack, it was like George turning in on Kimmy. Like that's too specific for just a general mm. commentary. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, we don't see really... that live. <laughs> yeah, we just saw that in like seventeen different replays. <laughs> like someone... Because it was like the the most eventful thing that had happened in the last yeah. fifteen and like, laps. <laughs> and like Bahrain, there uh, editing it, so it sounds like he's commentating like live on Grosjean at the start, like in from like nineteen oh, on the grid or yeah. whatever. It's like yeah, like we were not riding on board no. with Grosjean <laughs> and the lights out. It's like Albon struggling to keep up with Perez. Yeah, they've literally just exited turn two at the start of the race. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, episode two was a good one. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. I quite enjoyed it. It, it was. was good. I, I loved it was good that they featured. Get back. Yes, uh, I loved that they featured um, Bottas's lawn mowing services too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was, that was a, a definite highlight. I mean, they had to cover that because that was the reason why Lewis got his penalty. So, um, but at least they gave context to it, really, because some some bits that is kind of just like, this has happened, carry on. So, um, speaking of Bottas, <laughs> episode <Yeah>. three, episode <laughs> three, oh. we oh, see with these segues today. <laughs> oh, mm. too too much. <laughs> yeah, arguably too much of Valtteri. Yeah, <laughs> more than just a George Russell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Russia. Th- this is this is one of the problems I have with Netflix. Um, we've gone from Austria to Russia. Yeah, they really That's focused on like a lot further down yeah. through the season. They really and then, focused on like maybe four races altogether. Yeah, like in depth. 
they like it's... maybe talked about a couple of others, but it was it was mainly just what was it Austria, Russia, Bahrain, and Abu Dhabi? Did they talk about Abu Dhabi? They they covered Monza. Monza, bit. yeah, I forgot my Monza. Yeah, I think we got Monza about three times. Three times, yeah. Yeah, it's, and, it's just a and the Spa bit that annoys me. Antoine. Mm. Oh yeah, um, the the bit that annoys me is that they've gone from Austria to Russia and then back to Austria Styria in the next episode, and it's yeah. like, wouldn't that just yeah, make more we went sense? From, to we just... went from round one to round ten to round two. Yeah, mm. what's the point? Just do, do round that. one, round two, yeah, and then put the put the Mercedes episode in later. But yeah, they've done that. Yeah. In, um, done that in previous years as well, I think. Yeah, which it's, I think yeah. The thing that annoys yeah, me the most, a hallmark, yeah, yeah. The thing that annoys me the most is Russia. I think we'll agree was not the most exciting race. No. We get a whole episode on that, <laughs> and yet we've got what? What did we not have? We didn't have. We didn't have any Turkey. We didn't have Turkey. Like even even just like the start of the Turkish Grand Prix race would have been interesting. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Turkey Mugello Imola we didn't have. So all the all the did have mouth, didn't, have. Yeah, didn't have anything on Hamilton breaking any of the records. Yeah, I don't think we did anything him... about Portugal on track, but we had it off track with Gunter. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. onto that. Yes, because we that had, was the um... weekend they announced the Haas driver retirement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, another segue to a different episode, but we had <laughs> we had Silverstone. We had what was it? Ocon versus Stroll, Giovinazzi versus Grosjean, which was bizarre. But then, and then they showed Sainz and Bottas getting punctures, but not Hamilton winning the race with a puncture. Which yeah, winning the race on three that, wheels. So that's you know, yeah, a, a general point. But as for Russia, again, I think I touched on this at the start. It's it wasn't exactly a reflection of Mercedes season, but this yeah. is a case of you're you're with them for the wrong race. You know, they want they were hoping for Hamilton to break the win record, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. that was the point of that. But then Netflix curse, yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, um, that's the only reason that we got Russia. I think it's because it's yeah. the only race Netflix were with Mercedes. Yeah, I think yeah. it was a, a good episode for Valtteri to show like how much he is kind of in Lewis's shadow because there was one was it end of Russia he went uh, he'd done the podium everything with his win went into backroom all the engineers had gone so mm. he would that might have been fabricated but. Like showing on the episode, it shows like, oh, he's won the race. Aren't you gonna like congratulate him? Yeah, Mercedes always win, but Valtteri really does. So it's like, it kind of does show he's in Lewis's shadow, and like it kind of makes you feel bad for him because of it. That makes sense. I guess it just depends who would normally be in that room, because Mm. sort of like three shots later, we have total storming into the stewards' room. Yeah. Um, to complain about the two five second time penalties so I guess it does depend who's sort of there and if they're now currently at the stewards to complain yeah I think I mean you don't take yeah. everyone to go to the stewards no. yeah I, I think, think it three was of the... them went I think at least yeah, I, I think it was the engineers room yeah like because the, the whole thing had changed because of covid so they didn't have their normal rooms really but like that I think they did kind of pan into the room quickly Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone was in there. Yeah, it was that, empty. It, yeah. Yeah. That might be the engineers' room. It might be like media or something, but we don't know. Yeah, we just saw here Valtteri say they've all gone home. Yeah. <laughs> and then he Next cracks shot. a beer. Yeah. yeah <laughs> cracks over the beer traditions. <laughs> yeah. But it was good to see Valtteri sort of, and he's never say die attitude. I will give mm. that to Valtteri. He, although he's been absolutely shafted, he, 
he doesn't care. Like he's just there to race, and yeah. he he enjoys his racing and he'll do his best. It also very much highlights the differences between Mercedes and Red Bull. Yeah, because Mercedes have given Valtteri the time to become that dedicated number two driver, even if nobody wants to openly say he is. It's pretty obvious from all of the strategy calls that Mercedes make that he is definitely playing second fiddle to Lewis. Yeah. Um, and Red Bull, it's just kind of like, here, have nine races. Oh, you, you haven't performed. Goodbye. You want Max Verstappen? Go away. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, yeah, just on that, actually, it makes me worry for Checo this season because you heard Christian Horner being like, yeah, Red Bull's goal is to have Max Verstappen be world champion. Shouldn't your goal be to be world champion and it not matter which car it is? <laughs> like, surely I mean, if one yeah. of your cars is world champion, that's the aim. Not for this driver to be world champion. I mean, the, the whole aim with bringing Max in so early because he was so good, so young, was that he mm. would then become the youngest world champion ever. And I think think i'm right in saying he's now missed the opportunity i think so, yeah, yeah i don't yeah. think he can do it this season so, last year was which his last is year. which is a, a big oof uh from <laughs> from red bull's perspective because they've sold him a dream and they've uh, sold him a dud yeah <laughs> it kind of makes me worry for yuki Sonoda because obviously he's in the alpha tower and just seeing his Bahrain drive, he's quite a good driver. So it makes me worry that Helmut Marco would be like, "Yeah, Checo, you go," because he's on a one-year contract, I think. Yeah. So it makes me worry that they'll do another thing they did with Max and bring him in as well, but um, and just throw him out when he doesn't, if he doesn't perform like they did with Max and Pierre. No, not Max, Alex and Pierre. I wonder if Max will stay at Red Bull, but that's for the silly season episode that comes later on. <laughs> yeah. I think we've got a good episode out of Red Bull's young driver program as well. Yeah. That'll help yeah. Yeah. one. But anyway, now we time. have to talk about Ferrari. <laughs> See, we did <laughs> episode four, we need to talk about Ferrari. Oh, it, just, it compounded everything seeing that episode. It just God. it showed everything. That Ferrari struggled with this year, but it was great seeing Seb just not care. Seb, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that was beautiful. Um, just the, his general attitude behind the scenes within the Ferrari camp was just kind of like, "I'm going, and yeah. <laughs> you're yeah, gonna tell just... me to not joke. Good luck. What are you gonna do about it?" Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? Fire me? <laughs> oh, I'm wait. already leaving. Yeah. There was a scene where he. Um, I think her name was Britta, the social... The yeah, the sort of, like, press head. Yeah, yeah. the, like, senior communications officer or something. Uh, she was saying how pe- there were rumours that Perez is leaving Red Bull, no, Red Bull, a uh, racing point for you to go in, and Seb was just like, yep. True. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, it's just, yeah. it was the beautiful timing of him announcing his drive 
for oh, Aston yeah. Martin at Ferrari's one thousandth Grand Prix. Oh, yeah. Wasn't uh, it like it, the night totally... before the massive celebration that they held in Florence? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so. oh no, I had no control over this. I definitely didn't leak it to the press. I'm <laughs> so so sorry. Oh oh no. Anyway, I'll be going to Aston Martin next year. Yeah. Have fun at your party. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you at the party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, one thing we learned from not just that episode was how media trained the drivers are. Like oh, yeah. you remember yeah. the whole thing about oh we can't be too funny considering the last four months. Like, that was a reference to what Seb shouldn't should and shouldn't say in the press conferences, wasn't it? And then okay. Seb said what he wanted anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there was there was a few there was a few times in the whole series where like a driver would be told to say told a couple of lines like by the um the so like what do you call it, the social. Like the sort of the com, the com, yeah, like the communications the PR, director, yeah, yeah, PR, yeah like the PR, PR yeah. manager, yeah, 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 and they'd literally almost say it word for word in the press conference, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, I've... it was like you seen that same person talking with Mattia Bonotto, and it's like the key word is determination, and then in his interview with Netflix, he's like, "We are very determined." You're like, mm. Mattia, come on. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I think it was last season when Alex just got moved up to Red Bull. Um, his PR manager was saying that, yeah, you can't keep them on talking for too long. You can't keep waffling on. Mm. You've got to say this, 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 keep it short. You know, we don't want people speculating. And it's like, yeah, they're very media trained. And it's like, mm. they're a lot of, I'm guessing a lot of what they say to the press is quite fake. And just, you, you need I mean, to say this, 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 and that's recorded. it. Yeah. They always have like a handler go around with them recording what they say to all mm. the press interviews. Mm. And it's just kind of like, if you say something wrong, everybody's got it on tape. Yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. if it makes it to broadcast or not. Your team have it. Yeah. And that's, you know, they'll they'll bollock you for it. I think, <laughs> I think maybe with like the PR officer having like the phone recording what they say, I think it could be to give like statements to like the web, the actual team like from the team so then they don't have to repeat themselves and they already have the proof they've said it i think it could be something to do with that because yeah. that's always what i've thought what it is yeah um then there's this is where i started really having a bit of a gripe because obviously netflix were with ferrari at monza Monza was a very chaotic Grand Prix. We had Vettel's brake failure. We had Charles absolutely pile driving a wall. We had Lewis's 10 second stop and go penalty. We had a red flag. We basically had everything. But it was all shown out of sequence. Yes. Didn't um, they show, like... we, we didn't even really see much of Magnussen pulling over in front of the pit lane entrance. Yeah, I don't think yeah. we did see it at all. Well, they made it out as if Leclerc's crap. Well, I'm. I mean, we had three different interpretations of it, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, they showed, the cra- the they showed the crash in like three different episodes. We're like, okay, we get yeah. it, he crashed. And they made, in one of the, I can't remember which one it was, but they made it out as if the Leclerc crash caused the safety car, which again, yeah. it's like, mm. again, and like 20 minutes later, this. it caused the red flag. <laughs> yeah. But at least in the, in the case of Ferrari, at least they had the right race. And they did also, also I guess, give some context in terms of stereo, didn't they mm. as well? Which is yeah, speaking of stereo though, mm. the Brazil 2019 radio yeah. over the top of the stereo. <laughs> oh, yeah. crash. Was that to, to was that one that like watched it? Was that one the one where Seb was swearing in German? Yes, yeah. the, yeah. the the mind got mustache sign. Mm. 
the continuing on in German would then get bleeped, <laughs> <laughs> even though it's not really that rude. Um, I've having done some German, it's not overly rude in English, but they bleeped it anyway. I guess better safe than sorry, sort of thing. But it was just kind of wrong to have that that dialogue in that moment, um, considering we'd already heard it. Yeah. So it's it's not like it's it's, it's like they're literally trying to trying to pull the cloth over our eyes on that and just say, oh look, mm. more drama. <laughs> but we're fully aware of the drama. Seb is angry. Before. Oh, no. <laughs> Shock. <laughs> Seb's in a red car. Seb is angry. Mm. Name a more common duo. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's yeah. So it's the Ferrari episode was kind of a mess from Netflix, really. Yeah, Between it was all over the, the place. The wrong, the wrong audio and the missequencing of uh, the entirety of Monza. Um, especially when there was like um, they'd announced Lewis had been given a penalty, and then there was the red flag. It's like that's not how it happens. Yeah, we didn't yeah, Lewis got his penalty, got his penalty basically right flag. at the end of the red flag. Yeah, because we seen him storm into the stewards. It oh, was yeah, like, that's the thing. why? Oh, no. That was that was the confusing thing about that race for me was that Lewis and Giovinazzi both entered the pit lane, and Giovinazzi got his penalty pretty much straight away. I think, and it then was it took them an age. To decide Lewis's. I think it was because of how bolt on Giovinazzi's was. Like we'd even had it appear on screen, race yeah. control, pit lane exit closed. Then we'd just see Giovinazzi driving <laughs> in. It's like hey? your but rules Lewis, don't apply to me. Yeah. For Lewis, we'd had no indication. The safety card literally just been deployed <laughs> as he was coming around the parabolica. Um, yeah, and then you see the uh, the flashing then, boards at the side. Like we seen everyone else, which call it in the pit lane, and all the drivers going by, and all the viewers are sitting there like, "What?" what? <laughs> um, so I think for race control, they were sitting waiting to try. They were looking at exact timings for when the messages were deployed. That would Lewis have been able to pull out? Like, was he already at the white line well, I mean... when it said see, <laughs> like pit lane exit closed and stuff? I mean, let's let's go back to let's go to Mugello last year and Kimi Raikkonen's five second penalty for incorrectly entering the pit lane. I think mm. he's proved how late you can leave it. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I think that's inevitably why he did get the penalty because he did have that flashing board. Um, but in fairness, really... when I watched the live broadcast, I, the, fla- I, I, I the first flashing board looked like SC. It was the second flashing board that you could see mm. the cross. Even seen Total Wolf on the pit wall saying SC, like it, it said safety car. Yeah. Um, but, but no, it, I, I just think they they tried to do too much in too short period, uh, too short space of time, and it's ended yeah. up coming out wrong. Um, I think if they'd maybe increased the runtime by five or ten minutes, they could have covered the race in a more in chronological sequence yeah. um, and put in uh, Magnuson pulling over, causing mm. the, the safety mm. car, and then have Charles crash just the once uh, yeah. <laughs> to cause the red flag. Um, but, I mean, after after you've gone, after the race restart, it was pretty solid from then on Oh uh, yeah, in terms of the courage. Mm. Um, I mean, you had Lance absolutely send it into Della Rogia, and that was the last of Lance. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
and then Kimmy on his on his old tires just slowly going backwards. <laughs> uh, but I mean, then you had the the very tense moments at the end, and that was a another thing that Netflix really hyped it up. Mm. But at the same time, it was very exciting watching it live when yeah. you've got Carlos trying to chase down Gasly for both of their potentially maiden wins. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I mean, that's sort of, it sort of jumps onto episode six of it, doesn't it? Because, yeah. yeah, that was the weird thing. They covered Gasly winning in episode four and in episode six. And, and then I'm, I'm sure that well. was probably, yeah, another episode. Yes. I, think I can understand yeah. them showing it to, because obviously the Ferrari double DNFing at Monza is significant, and then you've got yes. to show Gasly's win. So I can yeah. understand, you know, the repeat of it. But the third time, I mean, I think when we do get when we get on to episode eight, that was the one I didn't like so much. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, episode five, the end of the affair. Sad Cyril. That's literally all I've got in my notes. <laughs> just Cyril, sad. Yeah. It's like <laughs> he looks Daniel... so heartbroken. It's like Daniel, you're leaving Renault. I'm gonna take that personally. Yeah. It was genuinely like he'd been dumped. Yeah. yeah, it was like it was like he'd been cheated on, but yeah, he knew <laughs> deep down. He knew deep down that he Renault had failed Ricardo, and he knew also that if he kicked up a fuss about it and started, you know, like treating Ricardo the way Ferrari treated Vessel, that it would not end well for him. Yeah. It, it just wouldn't have ended well for him, would it? And as I mean, as a Hulkenberg fan, I'm not too fond of Cyril, <laughs> to be honest, but. Yeah, it was it was so bizarre because obviously, in the whole in the season one, it would have been the whole Ricardo to Renault situation. Which obviously, he was you know, bantering Christian Horner, wasn't he? Oh, he needs a driver. Yeah, no, and an you engine. need an engine and a yeah. driver. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, didn't age well, did it? But um, mm. aged yeah, well as well <laughs> so, as, uh, warm milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, and then they introduced the whole pink mercedes thing and that one well they yeah they sort of they firmed it up when you yeah. that was when we got the stewards decision well we got the stewards decision <laughs> and this is when we had lawrence stroll as well wasn't it yes, yes. oh yes, yeah, sitting in front of the camera villain he genuinely looked evil he, was that the one we had to, was that the one we had to give a statement saying yeah. like, our yeah. car is completely legal it was very obvious he's reading from a script oh yeah but at the same time, have you ever seen a Canadian mob boss? <laughs> because I, I think that is the closest we're going to yeah. get. I don't like actually Canadian think um, Lawrence was necessarily reading from a script and that his, his, his delivery was you, too... Have you seen the Aston Martin car launch? From yeah, this I was year? just about to say that. <laughs> he was more robotic in the car launch than he was. Do yeah, I think he has any personality <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to delivering speeches. Mm. I think he has he has personality when he sits there silently and plays that strong silent character. Like, yeah. I have all the money. You better impress me, or you're out that door. Yeah, faster was, than that F1 car goes down the it streets. It was like, I think it was either in episode one or this one where he walked into a board meeting and was like, you have me for five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. His presence is just, it's <laughs> yeah. so intimidating. Yeah, one thing me and my brother kept saying when we were watching it was, we really think Otmar is scared of Lawrence. Because, yeah, because yeah. like you could see, it was like the car launch, I think. I think it was, where they were at like a party thing, all dressed up nice and everything. And he could... Uh, Otmar could see Lawrence coming in and we were like 
Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh no. I it was when Lawrence walked in and Otmar just sort of nodded at him and then stared at the camera. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> please, please help me, Netflix. Get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, time for an interview, Netflix. Yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah. well, what a shame. Oh, bye, bye, Lawrence. Um, yeah. Gotta go. It was, it was also kind of funny to see the um, Lance's attempt of, of humour with Otmar of trying to button up uh, Otmar's. Uh, suit jacket <laughs> can you can you get all of these done up no no leave please <laughs> uh, it, I mean, Lance uh, during the interview as well like talking about Lawrence saying yeah I, I know him pretty well I've yes, known him for a uh, long time me, me and him go way back yeah, <laughs> yeah we go way back <laughs> <laughs> I mean fair play that that was that yeah. was quite that was quite funny it was um, better than his line in season two or oh, diamonds are oh, made God, under pressure yeah. no lines yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then it cut to Kimmy. Oh, I, it's just a hobby it's for a, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I still think they've they've kind of uh, done done Racing Point a bit bit bad there by not getting Lance's pole. Yeah, because that was mm. that was that was pretty incredible. Because yeah, I mean, it wasn't just Lance that was up there. Sergio was up there as well. Um, yeah, it was a one-two, and, was it not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a phenomenal qualifying mm. from them. You read an episode just for Turkey, I think. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. That's I, one of them I, where you didn't necessarily need to follow a team. You just followed the race. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's, um, what, that's what another thing I want to cover is the length of the season. Every year they've been, uh, they've, they've scheduled in 10 episodes with 23 races this year do you think they should probably bump that up to 15 yeah bump yeah, it up to 24 <laughs> <laughs> one for pre-season testing yep. and testing one for every race <laughs> and have 11 different camera crews yeah <laughs> who's the 11th no, think... with actually stewards they're oh, gonna be yeah. busy. Just sitting in the stewards. <laughs> yeah. Nothing going on. <laughs> it would be like in the in the Premier League where they've got the, the camera that just looks yeah, into yeah. the, the VAR the room, yeah. And it's like, what what's the point? You're just showing us people looking at what we're looking at, but we're <laughs> yeah. not looking at it anymore. Can we and get looking at the, the wrong football, angle? Please? Yeah, exactly. Before um, we go off on one about VAR. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think <laughs> I think ways ways for Netflix to improve uh would be given the success of of drive to survive so far i think it would be warranted to send an extra uh camera crew yeah. to each race mm. so you could have two teams covered each weekend mm. in it, it just just for this season potentially just because we're still in the the covid bubbles um because that way if something happens you've got what a 20 percent likelihood of of covering it mm. so and yeah, even if ten, yeah, yeah, and even if um, you don't cover it perfectly, you've got two sets of outside cameras being able to look in at an event that's going on somewhere else, and you can get better coverage from it that way. So I think, given the the plaudits that Drive to Survive has received, the uh, strength that it's carried on. Uh, in a consistent form for three seasons now, I think it'd be warranted from from Netflix's front to invest in more personnel for it. Yeah, one thing um, I like sometimes think like, oh, how could the episodes be better? Like, as I said, I'm a film student, so I'm just like very thing about like 
how things are structured in films and stuff. And one one thing I thought about was what if every team had a film crew for every race? Like guaranteed mm. it would be expensive and obviously during COVID we might not be able to do it. But it's Netflix. They most likely have the money. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's their sort of yeah. uh, their investment to their return thing because obviously yeah. Drive yeah. to Survive is very popular within the Formula One community, but the Formula One community is still growing. Um, yeah. So until it gets to a point where it is worth that investment, they won't do yeah. it. Which is why and I'm like, suggesting mm. just add a second one for now. Yeah, but like if they did have like a crew for every team, they I mean, yeah, that would legis- be They only really mm. need at least at least two to three people per team to be in their bubble. So it's like it's not much. And uh, another way I think of doing it was just having an episode for every race or every race of significance. Really. So, so basically, just yeah. crop Russia. Yeah. <laughs> like, no card. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. France. No Russia. No Abu Dhabi. Season finale didn't happen. Yeah. Season finale was in Brazil. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, well, it's in like, Jeddah this year. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, like have an episode for Turkey, Monza, uh, Austria, because like, yeah. the first race and Landers podium. And Abu Dhabi just like close everything off. It'd be boring, but it's like have most of the episode of everything just closing off. Yeah, so, like, that's mean, one way I think I could it could improve just having a camera crew. Definitely every, couldn't tell race. you're a McLaren fan there, Nia. Uh, Austria's <laughs> the first race and Lando's podium. Yeah, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Charles yeah. P two. We're, we're just gonna ignore the coat in the background. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think when, when you fan. when you run when you when you cover all the races like that, I think you run the risk of it just becoming a race uh, a, a season replay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that's where you because the line, you, yeah. you look at some of the episodes and they have stitched stories together from multiple races mm-hmm. and multiple yeah. interviews throughout the season. Um, so I think. Maybe if you had a crew in bed with a team for the season, you could then, even yeah. if it was still just 10 episodes, one episode per team. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's like and another you'd way. cover all yeah. of that team's highlights. Yeah. That's and the only you thing. You wouldn't miss anything good. With something like that, because obviously the episodes are only about 40 minutes long. Like maybe if they bump them up to an hour, it could work. Mm. But um, there's teams like Mercedes who they have so many like good things happening and like so many behind the scenes they won't they probably won't be able to fit everything in and then there's mm-hmm. teams like alfa romeo where barely anything happens yeah you won't be able to yeah. fit everything in one team in, in one episode so that's like yeah speaking of the, um... stitched stitched stories though it's, it's quite a good time to come on to episode six the comeback kid because that is yes. sort of that's just pierre gasly's season yes um yeah this yeah, is my favourite one. stellar season. Mm. Um, Absolutely season. It was also where Christian Horner was like, don't talk to me about Gasly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was rough. This is my favourite episode, though. I mean, Gasly's story, we saw it in we saw it in uh, the last season as well, didn't we? With the Brazil podium. It's, it's literally perfect for Netflix. The whole yes. idea yeah, of the like, comeback. Here, like... it's, it's a made-for-TV special. Mm. You yeah. could have a Netflix documentary on just Pierre Gasly, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Formula One brought to you by Netflix. <laughs> yeah, because like um, 
Um, yeah. I think this episode, do they touch on, do they go to spa with Pierre? Yeah. 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 They, and they so, like, on Antoine and stuff. Yeah. 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 Do they, they, do they show some F2 stuff as well? Or am I just making that up? Or I think they've chosen I the dream? Don't, yeah. I don't think they actually show any Formula 2. They do show, I think they show the sort of still image where you're looking up the Emil straight from last year's F2 race. Yeah. Just sort oh, of see yeah. the, the carnage. The carnage. Yeah. yeah. And and they do show a bit with Albon's. Which a bit with Albon's a, uh, parents. Yeah, there. it oh, always yeah. leaves a bit of alum. I throw actually just seeing oh, yeah. at scene, mm. like seeing yeah. the flashing red light for um the red flag and stuff, and just knowing exactly what's happened. Yeah, because like, you can remember, especially yeah. having watched it live as well. I I seen that as it happened, and it's something that sticks with you as a fan. Yeah, like because for me, because I didn't I didn't know about Formula One for the twenty nineteen season. Um, so it's just like, oh, that's a bad crash. That's that's not gonna end well, and just like seeing everyone's reaction to it, and like seeing Ocon in an interview, I think with Martin Brundle, because he was the he was a test driver, I think for Mercedes then, mm. and like seeing him, and then like uh, Charles and Pierre going into it saying like how they grew up with him, and they show pictures of Antoine and Pierre. I was like, oh no. And yeah. um, not long ago, it was maybe about a month ago, Pierre wrote like an article about how he grew up with Antoine and like all that. And that based, that almost made me cry because like just uh, of seeing all the crash and everything, like uh, after that episode, like I learned what happened and like I saw a clip of the crash. And then just like reading that, I was like, Oh, 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 I'm going to cry. <laughs> and now um, one good thing I'm going to talk about now is uh, Juan Manuel Correa coming back to F3. Yes. Like, today yeah. he did his test. Like that, that is great to see. Like he has the Antoine logo on his helmet in the back and the top. Like just seeing him coming back to F, uh, F3, that's really, like really great to see. Like just over a year year and a half after the accident yeah maybe a yeah. bit more that's like amazing yeah that is it shows you that racing drivers are not wired the same as everyone mm. else no, after definitely. what he went no. through in that i mean yeah to come back to come back to the i mean only the tier below as well yeah what, um, yes he's racing in uh, briefly yeah. on formula three it was actually snowing on the track yeah, I saw yeah. That. <laughs> that was uh yeah we complained that spain is cold <laughs> yeah I mean, we did have it like snowed out a couple of years ago, didn't we? For a day. Yeah, so he, he finished um, 19th in the afternoon out in an 11th um, in the morning. So I think coming sort of mid-pack for someone who hasn't driven a car in anger in a year and a half and is coming back from that, like you've seen the recovery that the absolute um, unit of a device that was around his leg. Yeah, yeah, that Juan Manuel had to go through, especially in Chasing the Dream. I, I actually like Chasing the Dream more than Drive yeah, to Survive, was... but we can talk about Chasing the Dream in a feeder series episode. Um, but seeing what he's went through to come back, it is mightily impressive to have him back on the grid and plaudits to him. I look forward to seeing what else he can do in, in that car. Anyway, Formula One. It was coming from from Antoine to then talk about Monza though um, and seeing basically how 
the way Pierre was like, yeah, I, I done it for Antoine as well. Like it, that was that was who I thought about um, after the race and stuff. Yeah, you could see him like on the podium, like looking up, pointing at the yeah. sky, like, "Well, I'm gonna cry." <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just literally it's the perfect Netflix story, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the driving spa, which they actually were with him for, that was unbelievable, wasn't it? He got driver of the day, made he yeah. got P seven, I think. Yeah. Well, he he came through the pack to begin with, didn't he? On hard tires, like yeah, past because he got the move on Perez, the, um, the safety car. Yeah, the move on Perez, then he got unlucky, didn't he? Yeah, so, he so that hit. move into Eau Rouge, oh, yeah, um, and they're not Bradley. I thought just... they were going to crash there. Yeah. yeah, I thought Perez had squeezed him too hard. Mm. And then he, yeah, then he obviously dropped the back, didn't he? Like you said, because he was unlucky with the safety car. And then he came back through again and finished. Yeah, what? I can't remember exactly where he finished, but that was. He, I think it was P seven. Yeah, I will check. <laughs> either way, either way, phenomenal like drive. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and then definitely. Monza. I mean, well deserved of a uh, of coverage. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I think they picked the right two races. Gasly, that was one such case where they did pick the right. <laughs> yeah. The right race to go to, and uh, um, again, similar to the Norris podium in Austria, they. They love to cover sort of uh, a late race fight, don't they? Where someone's you know catching up, or in Norris's case, it was uh, catching up at a certain time, time, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Eighth. Eighth. Yeah. Oh, close. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I went into the archive there just briefly. Formula One's website's weird. I wanted the 2020 results. Formula One gives me the 1950 season. I'm really yeah. (laughs) I'm like excellent. Alfa Romeo. uh, Yes. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, the 1950 British Grand Prix. That's what I wanted. Mm. <laughs> but I just I find it ironic as well that you've got Gasly winning the uh, the Monza Grand Prix a year after Charles won it. Mm. And yeah. Charles won it, and it was Antoine's, and Gasly's won it, and it's Antoine's. But both were mm. with Italian teams. Yeah, but. Not both of them were Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the sort of the the bitter irony of it is that an Italian team won the Italian Grand Prix, but it wasn't the red car. Yeah, and it just kind of highlighted how how bad Ferrari race Ferrari's season was last year. Mm. Um, the fact that they were with them for their home race and it ended up being the sort of the beeline. The Netflix course. Um, <laughs> well, I remember. I think I think Ferrari were too far gone for it to be yeah. the Netflix yeah. curse at that point. Well, Crofty joked in practice in there about, "Oh, we won't need to hear the Italian national anthem." Ferrari <laughs> How win. wrong he was! <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the only thing that was missing, obviously, was the Tifosi, wasn't it? I mean, that would have been yeah, yeah. That, that would have been amazing, even better. And obviously, that was another beating that Albon took in that race, Nick, because they kind of compared. Yeah, they compared yeah. the. The two and yeah, yeah Albon I mean, finished on the first dead corner, last, didn't I think it was, yeah, yeah, because they touched at turn one, yeah, and then he ended up finishing last and um, definitely won the race, yeah. yeah. I remember I had the live timing app to sort of follow Hamilton's progress through the field, and it was just seeing Hamilton taking three seconds out of Albon a lap, four seconds. You're like, this is not good. <laughs> Poor Alex. He's just getting hunted down. It's like a shark moving in for its prey um, all through that race. But 
episode it's just s- kind of like Alex had a target on his back for that whole point, yeah oh yeah whole season <laughs> episode seven Gunter's choice bye Roman <laughs> bye Kevin thanks for coming hope and you like Formula One. Hello, German company board who's going to give us lots of money to now go and find a German driver. Oh, look, yeah. Mick Schumacher. <laughs> oh, look, How convenient. I don't even think yeah. he was championship leader at that point. No, no. I, I just yeah. find it interesting yeah. that that was sort of like the, the, the reasoning behind getting Mick in was sponsorships. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he's obviously going to be in sponsorships because of his name Schumacher, yeah. yeah but the fact that the company was like we want a german driver we don't care who which posed the question for me hulkenback yeah could have been yeah. an option there i mean you, you asked the question would nico have accepted a drive yeah, would Haas? nico have went to Haas? Mm-hmm. but at the same time would you turn down any formula one drive if you didn't have mm. a seat Mm. See that is the question. I mean, no point, like, really, this year, sitting on sitting on standby to get a shot of the W12 or driving the Haas. Yeah, because I don't uh, know which I'd rather be doing. Yeah, isn't um, Hulkenberg the reserve driver for Mercedes, Aston Martin, and, and McLaren? I thought he was McLaren as well. No, because, I don't think he is McLaren. Because I swear, I don't uh, know who McLaren is. I think McLaren have an agreement with Mercedes because they use their engine that they can use their reserve drivers as well. I think I think I read that somewhere. I might be making it up. I thought that was Aston Martin's thing. Racing. Yeah. Point I think it could, it, it could be both. That's why they had. That's why they had the option of using Stoffel Van Dorn. Yeah. But Stoffel was tied up in Formula E. Yeah. So they I, ended up I think, for Nico. I don't know whether I'm making that up or if it's. But a no, thing. you're you're right. Actually. Oh. Um, McLaren's test and reserve drivers are Doffel Van Dorn and Nick De Vries, oh. which, is which Mercedes, are yeah. Mercedes, yeah, Mercedes FE drivers. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So that I does pose the question of if Danny Rick or Lando gets it ill. Yeah, who will take Hulkenberg the seat? Back three point Yeah, well, I think <laughs> I think, See, I think finished, it would um... be Stoffel if it's McLaren yeah. because the but seat and in... everything will still if... be there. If he's in Formula E, yeah, and I think it could be Hulkenberg. Yeah, it, it'll be uh, what weekend is it? What prior commitments yeah. does he have? Because uh, I mean, George. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that 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 would be amazing. Uh, it's just here's George's seat. Yeah. <laughs> Make it fit. <laughs> yeah, um, Hulkenberg still finished about what fifteenth in the championship, didn't he? Last season. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hulkenberg like two, well, he did two races, and he could have had more points in. Uh, yeah. the if he actually started one of them, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, 70th they, anniversary. They the British Grand Prix. Yeah. He, 70th anniversary, he kind of got robbed a bit, didn't he? With the, yeah. At the end of the race. But, but, um, yeah, they could. They did the safety pit stop because he was getting yeah. vibrations. Yeah. He was Which probably was yeah. a better idea. But, yeah, um, it was. It was yeah. pit and get a couple of points, or not pit and run the risk of your tire blowing up and coming dead last. I think. Um, we t- I, don't, I can't remember if we mentioned this last week. Vettel's got almost half his penalty points in, uh, yeah. in yeah, one race out of 20. Yeah. So Holkenback, 3.0. Could, <laughs> yeah. Could, yeah. Just yeah. because Seb got it. Nico! It's not outside the world's possibility. It's He's picked yeah. off five in the first week. When was the last the time we had a ban? Grosjean. Yeah. yeah. We haven't had a ban for penalty points yet, I don't think. Like since the way they've since they've done it, there's the been bans points. in the junior formula from penalty points. Mahavir <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Lord. <laughs> the Lord Redeemer, yeah. 
<laughs> they didn't Mazepin get some as well, like twice yeah. or something last year. I don't think he ever got banned though. He got he, close, he but I don't lot, think he got banned. He had a lot of penalty I, points. I swear I read something he did once, and then he was like one point away towards the end. And it's a shame they don't pass on to Formula One. Yeah, he yeah. was on what ten penalty points at the end of the F two season. Yeah. In terms of in terms of Haas though, I, I never actually realised it was so contested between Haas and Alfa Romeo who would get Mick Schumacher. Mm-hmm. I thought this was just yeah. a Ferrari decision, but so he just of... missed an automatic ban in oh, wow. Bahrain. Oh yeah, yeah. So he, he was very nearly banned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was one point off, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, in terms of going back to Haas, I think that this was where we this is where we come on to fabricated rivalries, and mm. this was one of the ones that Haas and Alfa Romeo. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then yeah, they weren't really that close on track, were they? And then the race I mentioned this earlier, but Silverstone, I didn't really want to see Giovinazzi drive to 14th, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I mean, nothing on Hamilton winning the race with a puncture, but yeah. Thanks but Giovinazzi finished 14th. Oh, I want to drive, son. Well done. Get in there. It's <laughs> um, so on F1 when you're engineer the, on the game, when your engineer congratulates you for finishing 14th. He like punched the air. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on Jeff. I started P two on the grid, didn't move up into first in the first lap. Not a fu- not a good first lap there. Jeff, I'm in second. <laughs> like, come on. This is where we've got um, Hassan Alfamayo, but no Williams at all, and obviously no Jordan yeah. Sakir. I mean, you'd have thought with the amount of stories that came out of Williams, because obviously. Claire Williams has left now, left. and Dorothy Callanson has taken over. <laughs> But this is after a scene in season two where yeah. Claire Williams is like over my dead body yeah. while I sell Williams. <laughs> Next yeah, think, year, yeah. Claire Williams sells Williams. Yeah, I think the the the, the pandemic had more of an impact than she yeah. liked to, like to mm-hmm. let on. But I mean, I can understand her reasoning behind it as well because I mean, Frank's getting old now, and she's yeah. got kids as well. So you know, spending time with all of them is at the end of the day going to be more beneficial than. Uh, taking control of a team that's quite happily trundling uh, well this year's 17th and 18th but um <laughs> speaking think... of uh oh. un untrue rivalries basically just completely made up for netflix ben did you know yes. carlos and lando were locked in an intense blood <laughs> feud in the championship yeah temporary bit where did that come from there's always going to be a little rivalry there because they're teammates, they're very yeah. close. Yeah, I could kind of see like they were, I think before it the whole thing got released, I remember seeing like a clip on F1 posted about like Zach Brown talking about how they're teammates, so they're, of course they're going to be rivals and like all that. And it's like a McLaren, we don't have a number one or number two driver because they're so close. Cuts to Red Bull showing Max and Ferrari showing Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oh no, oh dear. <laughs> It's, it's kind of funny though, because like you, you you watch the broadcast, you see the 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 driver press conferences with those two, and it was always just jokey. Yeah, yeah it's like, and then really there's, there like... was the occasional like potentially tense question of like, uh, you, you're you're equal on qualifying scores at the moment. Who's going to come out on top? And they'd like give each other a, a joking death glare, and that yeah. would be like, write that down, write that down. <laughs> yeah. Carlos, yeah. do you regret going to Ferrari? <laughs> yeah. I think no. there was like something. Definitely not. <laughs> there were, there was the, that one clip I was talking about where, um, 
like Carlos kicked Lando's chair from under him and they was like get to Ferrari already like you could tell they were just joking because like yeah. by that point they were basically acting like brothers yeah. because like and I remember just seeing it all over Twitter it's like oh it was so tense they were, you could tell Lando was angry it's like you could tell it was a joke. Like, of yeah. course, it's fabricated to make it seem like they're rivals, they're you teammates. Get angry when anyone kicks your chair out from a yeah, <laughs> yeah, remains your teammate. They tried um, to make it out as if uh, there was uh, there was a similar situation to Vessel at Ferrari, didn't they? With Science and McLaren yeah. as well, which was, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier, episode eight was probably my least favorite one, not least because we watched Monza for the third time and we watched the exact same battle for the win, just from Science's point of view. Yeah, Which, it was when we had yeah. Andreas Seidel on the phone to Zach Brown at the MTC, being like, "Yeah, standard rules of engagement. We're going to freeze um, Carlos out, and Netflix are hyping this up." And then you had yeah. Will Buxton coming on, like, "Yeah, it's a perfectly normal thing." Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think That's... Will Buxton was good for the context, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, even though he did play yeah. into the hands of over dramatizing things. Will Buxton and Jenny Gao. I think. Mm. I think Netflix have sneakily ask them to do some interviews sort of uh ad hoc and sort of uh post race like can you just um cover this and break this down for us mm-hmm. because will. there was a lot of um uh a lot of very precise information in those yeah. sorts of breakdowns that wouldn't have otherwise been available at normal times of recording I mean will buxton bigged up the Haas alpha rivalry didn't he as well and he knows full well <laughs> He yes. knows full well. That's that's not a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think I think throughout like the whole all three seasons, Will's been quite good in like explaining like what this stuff means, especially in the first season because he was explaining like qualifying and practice and all that. Mm. I think Will's quite good for like that stuff. Like he, he, I thought he was really good at explaining everything. I mean, just generally in terms of uh, F one presenters, I think Will is the best. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think mean, it's he's, sort he's of Will and Alex Jakes are yeah. up at yeah. the top there. I mean, uh, he's he's set up a, a YouTube channel recently. Yeah, um, that's what I And good. his his videos are always so perfectly broken down into mm. the key elements, and it's it doesn't matter if you're a, a regular Formula One viewer or someone who's barely watched the sport. He explains it in such a way that it's understandable yet not patronizing mm-hmm. whether when you have uh, prior knowledge of the sport it's not like okay this is a car here are the wheels it mm-hmm. goes it's it's so much it's so much more than that and mm-hmm. he does such a fantastic job with it um that it it kind of makes me sad that we don't get that much of him over the course of a, of a weekend, really, we get yeah. sort of like in between sessions uh, and doing sort of post session driver interviews. I think it's because he is he actually works for Formula One, yeah, and mm-hmm. so he's doing all their coverage for F One TV. Yeah. Whereas in the UK, we only get F One TV access, so we get to see that next year when it goes into the archive Hooray. because Sky and their exclusivity <laughs> contracts doesn't. Um... Will Buxton sometimes do like in between to like practice or something. Yeah, like, he, he does can sort of nip in on, but yeah, he is like an official F1 employee. Yeah, because he does F1 live and stuff on their YouTube post race and things. 
Um, he does their weekend warm up quiz. Yes, yeah. I quite like that. That's quite fun. That that is yeah. It's really it's good. sort it's of a... like the reverse of Ted's Notebook. Yeah, it's everything that's happened in the week between. Yeah, and it's it's a brilliant way to sort of catch up on any news you may or may not have missed. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah, I think do, it's um... the perfect bookend of the weekend, isn't it? It's the weekend warm up and Ted's Notebook. Yeah, is is the perfect summation. Yeah, if you don't want to watch Formula One, watch the weekend warm up and Ted's yeah. Notebook. You'll know everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think um Ted is like a really good example. Like he does it a bit like Will, where he's like. He do, he explains stuff quite well and also does it in like kind of like a jokey manner, so he's not as serious. Absolutely, I yeah, love I how love chaotic Ted. the notebook oh, is. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like when he got chased up the paddock by Daniel, Daniel Ricardo. Yeah. yeah, and then like like Alex said, having bring up cheese to yeah. uh, Sebastian so, Vettel is like yeah. I got cheese. You right? <laughs> like, what? Um, now for I think it's the most contentious episode of the yeah. season. Man on fire. Well, a mean, lot episode, of people hated this. Uh, it was it was an extended episode. Yeah. It was almost an hour long. Um, was it? Yeah, it was 57 mm. minutes. Uh, yeah. Compared to the usual 40 okay. odd. So what's um, everyone's view on Man on Fire? I, I mean, you've uh, we spoke to Grosjean after after the race and all of his interviews and that, and it's and obviously they brought his wife in for interviews as well. And it's kind of like we we know he's okay and he's okay to see the footage and he doesn't mind it being shown. And I think that's the key point. I think if he wasn't happy with it being shown, I wouldn't be happy with it being shown. Because that's his crash and that's his. I think if he wasn't happy with it being shown, I don't think they would have shown it. As yeah. much as they did, like they would probably would have shown it like once to give context, but I don't think they would have shown it as much as they did if he didn't like seeing it. Yeah, but, it's um, his crash. It's his. Yeah. It's his barrier. Yeah, his barrier. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, but like uh, as as you said, him him having the interview with his wife, I I really liked that bit because like it gave an instance of what her and her his family were thinking. Like mm. obviously, it he has really... three. He has really three kids, I think. The drivers, mm. Yeah, it? I think he has three kids. So she was saying how like they were watching it, and then his kids were like really scared, obviously, and just like gave a bit of perspective of like what they were feeling. Yeah, like, I like, think that... he mentioned that his youngest kid had asked, like, "Is he going to be burned all over?" Yeah. Um, yeah. And it did just sort of give that human element to the drivers that are otherwise superhuman, basically. Mm. I think I'm. Um... I think they handled it as well as they could have done. I mean, I think we all knew they were going to milk it. Mm, and yeah, obviously the whole thing about them showing him in the fire for a lot longer than he actually was. But I think, Chris, you mentioned this off air. It kind of gave a perspective as to how we were feeling. I mean, that watching that crash live, I could still talk you through the whole the whole sequence of events, like sort of mm. the crash itself, the, the cars going back into the pits when we didn't know what was going on, and then the red flag time. And we we all, I think we could all kind of, talk in a lot of detail about how we felt and how shocking it was to see that live I and I think so. it did a good job of portraying that yeah also what it did well was segueing back into the race quite well you know the whole Perez Albert mm. situation mm. I think it because you know they had the Will Buxton section where it was like oh um like they, they'd want they wouldn't want to stop there they want to carry on this is they put their lives on the line that sort of thing yeah. and I think it did quite a good job of 
explaining why they would want to carry on after and, and mm. making it so that they still showed the race to be important, but you know, um, in the context of mm. the crash as well. Because, yeah, it's worth noting that uh, Grosjean was only in the fire for 27 seconds, but we, the fan, well, everyone in the paddock, with the exception of the medical car drivers and the marshals on scene, didn't know he was out of the fire for 2 minutes 42. Yeah, I Mm. think that's what Netflix was kind of aiming for, Mm. because we had that gap. Yeah. Yeah. So... Netflix didn't want to do a, a, a real time of here's 27 seconds of Grosjean getting out of a fire because that's 27 seconds. It was that suspenseful, almost three mm-hmm. minute wait of is he going to be okay? Oh Jesus, like, is he's he alive? In that fireball. Yeah. And as we, as we were mentioning earlier on with Spa, like a lot of fans who can remember that from the 2019 season are just, are just thinking about that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I mean, you, you heard it. This is this radio. Yeah, yeah. This is the last time. Well, this is sort of very similar to what happened last time, where we get no. We're not seeing any replays. We're seeing nothing. We just know that a car speared a barrier and exploded. Yeah, and especially like with F one cars, if you see fire, something's bad. Yeah, that's something. And the thing is, we didn't know that it split in half or anything. We just seen a fireball. We it could have just detonated for all we knew. Yeah, like it wasn't That's a sort of spark fire the way it actually was. Um, so I think the thing was as well when um, because Crofty said he was out of the car just just as the leaders were getting back into the pits, wasn't it? I think mm. then, and I think it kind of you know there was the whole shock element to it, but it was it was only for me when they were sort of coming into the pits just before Crofty said, I realised, oh my god, he has to, we have to get news. Mm-hmm. now or it has to be the worst outcome yeah you know, yeah I mean, and it was just like yeah i mean the whole i think we've, we've been over this crash before haven't we you know the whole thing about the car splitting in half going through the barrier catching fire each of those things like individually are things we hadn't seen for decades but like, yeah. on their own we hadn't seen for decades and yeah it was just i think netflix did as good a job as they could of mm-hmm. that yeah. that really and I think as well that clip of Crofty saying that he's out of the car like, as the cars are coming back to the pits. I don't think that was how it was on the live broadcast because we didn't have any news no, until it saw... until it cut to him sitting in the medical car. So it was yeah, yeah, no, because you saw the drivers out of the car looking up at the big screen. Yeah, yeah I remember lane, there was, and then yeah. we got shown the replays of yeah Grosjean getting out. Like they showed mm. in the Netflix series, and I think live on Sky um, that they were showing like Magnuson looking up and like all yeah. the past mm. looking up. Yeah. And that was like, oh God, because he's been with that team since the start. So like, yeah. especially with like uh, Gunther and like, I think there's maybe about four others who had been there since the start. So like for them, it would have been like, oh, oh no, oh God. Yeah. We've possibly, we might have just lost the driver who's been with us since the start. Yeah. Oh we might God. have fired him but we didn't want to fry him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it's always going to be a, a, a delicate subject in ways, um, but I think... I think they don't. The, the main point is that Grosjean gave the okay mm-hmm. to yeah. show it. Um, yeah. I think there'd been a lot more backlash if Grosjean wasn't happy with it and they yeah. still did it. Yeah. Um, I think but, it's a good thing that... Yeah. 
Grosjean can like joke about it like in his guide Bahrain he was like this is my barrier yeah and him saying like I'm the man who walked out of fire and his wife laughing at him like and it was the glare that his wife gave him it was that laugh of oh Jesus I'm not gonna get the end of this yeah Yeah. (laughs) and like in I think it's his Instagram and Twitter bio he has like the phoenix like fires and haters resistant like I I think it's really good that he can like laugh about it and just think I think he should update I'm that here. bio to like 98% fire and heat resistant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also had like the Phoenix in his bio as well. Yeah. I mean, so that's it, pretty apt, but yeah. like also fair play to the medical mm. car guys. Oh, definitely. I've yeah. watched him yeah. just run in and just like Yeah, he's like right up. I, I right found an old like, no. tweet um, from Mercedes that had been like medical car appreciation thing. And this was from, I think, a year before. And I just retweeted it and was like, look, this seems like a very good time to share this. What an amazing job those guys do down there. Yeah, especially because, like, he went right up close to the fire, right up close to the fence, and he didn't have, like, a visor or anything on the helmet. He had, like, the open-face helmet. No, that's that's one of the things that have come out of the the report is that... um, the And they're changing it to the ones the drivers have to wear, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, For reasons like that now. Mm. Yeah. Imagine being, you know, because Ian Roberts and Adam Van Der they follow the pack on, on lap yeah, one. They follow they? The pack on lap imagine one, yeah, they follow the pack on lap one. Imagine just expecting, like, you know, a standard, okay, someone might have spun off or hit the wall or something, but seeing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially because I mean, they, they, they probably would have seen it. You say they follow the track, but yeah. uh, I believe yeah, they I, take I mean, a, a Johnny Herbert yeah. sports line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can actually lucky. see there's a there's a sort of service road right across turn yeah. one, and you just see the medical car <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and and they're still behind all of them. Yeah, <laughs> I think Ian Roberts. He's um, I think he said in interviews like he, I I get the impression that he didn't actually see the crash. He just sort of came through that that you know cut the corner and then saw it there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but yeah. I imagine they would have seen like all the flames and stuff going up and be like, mm. like all just, the drivers were thinking, like, oh just, no. Just imagine what goes through their head of like, oh, yeah. Jesus, it's go yeah. time when the you've had very sort of, peaceful races up to that point, really. Yeah, the bet that sort of sold the the size of the crash and everything for me was we were all on board. I can't remember which driver it was. They were coming through sort of turns five, six, seven, eight before coming down the hill. You can just see Same. in the corner just the flames. You're like, mm-hmm. that. Wow, <laughs> I mean, for me, it was it was the helicopter shot where you could see the, the mm. back end of the car and then just this almighty yeah, inferno. Like, yeah, and it's like what? And it, he climbed out. Yeah, yeah it, is it the, like the clip where it's like it shows the camera following the rest of the pack and it just quickly cuts back to him with the flames go up. That's like, mm. oh wow. Yeah, you can because you can actually see him trying to get out in that, can't you? That's the only yeah. really camera. Yeah, the only angle where you can really see that. Aye, there's but. a hard cam basically facing the spot mm. exactly yeah um, and there's actually footage of all 27 seconds of like, sort of mm. impact and getting out you see mm. the guy running across the track and starting to spray the fire extension then you can see Grosjean trying to get out yeah you um, can like see him moving a bit in the car yeah which is like okay. mm. it just shows yeah, the Ian level of safety the FIA have done yeah yeah no Ian mm. Roberts running up and pulling him out but also uh Van der Merve just like grabbing a fire extinguisher and just like spraying them both, on. yeah, yeah, because he knows he knows that even though he's not on fire, that race suit is still going to be so hot, mm-hmm. and that's still one of the dangers of it. Like you don't have to be on fire to burn, yeah. So no, it's no like fair fair play. That is top quality work from them. 
yeah, no, spot on to the FIA and the marshals as always, but especially in incidents like that. And especially the medical car drivers. Yeah. Especially yeah. Then. But then the second half of the episode was sort of very uh Perez related. Polar opposite yeah. to that, really, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Because they they followed Perez around Sakir. Um, quite right too, because yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, being punted off by uh, Leclerc in turn four, and then being dead last at the end of the first lap to mm. win it. Mm. Admittedly, George should have won that race on at least two various counts. Yeah, mm. but I think he could have at least got a podium if yeah. he hadn't had that puncture from Jack yeah. Aitken spin. Yeah. I think he could have maybe at least even, got a podium. Even taking George and Bottas out of it because it really should have been a Mercedes one two. Yeah, that's still third. Yeah, <laughs> that's still yeah. last to third comfortably mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, because yeah. he passed off on and strolled like yeah, and just drove off there. into the distance. And well, he won yeah. the race by that ten mm. seconds, didn't he? Anyway, yeah. so but um, yeah. I again, obviously, was, no, no George and Sakir. It was a shame. Yeah, I think yeah. it was just because they were yeah. with racing point, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. But I think was, that was, you can really that make was it up, the race. Did you? No, definitely they, not. You can really make up. They had the whole, they had, they were with Perez and Albon for Bahrain, weren't they, as in the first race. Mm-hmm. And obviously the whole situation of Perez breaking down, it gave Albon the podium. And then, exactly, well, not the opposite, but obviously Albon then having a poor race after that and Perez winning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was also shown that when, when Perez broke down in, in the Bahrain Grand Prix and then Alex inherited the third place there as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly, yeah. It was, it was, I was yeah, gutted twice. for Perez when his car caught fire. Oh, God. Yes. I was gutted from the last race. Because, like, but, this is his last ever race was, like, racing yeah. points. I was, like, gutted for him. I, I it was when the Styrian was... one was where Red Bull was like, yeah, we're going to change driver. Mm-hmm. Which is just kind of savage, but pretty sad. Yeah. It was when I seen the sort of shot facing the front of um, Perez's car after the fire, and you see the marshal basically run in front of Lando. You're like, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> I've seen the onboard from Lando, and it doesn't look as bad. But seeing that second shot, you're like, oh no. Yeah, like from Lando's like onboard, I can barely see the guy running across the track. So it's amazing, like Lando actually saw him. I mean, you can like, he just saw the fire over the radio. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Given you what only see the fire extinguisher earlier in that race, though. You can Everyone understand why the yeah. marshal done that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, he'd already driven like two laps with it being smoking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was smoking, and then it just this bright pink fire started <laughs> coming out. You're like, uh, it was it was the Jekyll the team Parker radio for it was the team radio for album behind. She's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Paris has a problem. Uh, yeah, he's smoking. Okay, yeah, he's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's just... kind of weird, wasn't it? It's like you, yeah. you know he's smoking, and he's gone past the pits. Why haven't you pulled him in? I know you want to get points, but he wasn't gonna I go. Think, I think it was because of if you remember back to Austria, though that racing point was quite smoky. Yeah, um, just at sort of random points, there was no issue. Yeah, that was the thing. We, we all it thought fire. it was going to break down, and it it went fine. Yeah, but this time it didn't. <laughs> yeah, he was on fire this time. But um, <laughs> engine that cried smoke. Yes. Finally, down to the wire. We I mean, season finale and the the three way, but actually only two way fight for third place yeah. in the constructors. Renault had no chance. It was, it was. <laughs> I think Netflix have made the best out of the situation they had 
because at the end of the day, the drivers and the constructors' championships were wrapped right up long yeah. before that yeah. episode. But at the same time, it was still a very meaningful fight mm. for third. Into even if it's just in terms of the the money that's involved, it's like it's like what 10, 10 million. Yeah, it's quite a chunk. Yeah, which is, I mean, especially. I mean, the downside is you get slightly less wind tunnel time this year, but mm. you've got 10 million more to play with. Yeah, exactly. But I suppose everyone still has the same cost cap. So, I mean, mm. at the end of the day, that's, um, it's, I suppose it's, you don't have to bring in as much money from elsewhere. So, but uh, yeah, it's, it was, it was okay as an episode. It's, it's good in the respect of we, we had a meaningful championship fight that went to the last race mm-hmm. but at the same time it was kind of if only this was for first yeah i mean they love the midfield battle don't they netflix but well then again you've got to remember the, action is, the midfield if well the midfield is well if you if we go back to last season everyone except hamilton bottas Verstappen, and then alpha Haas, williams so yeah. it's mostly great but anyway i mean obviously like you said third in the constructors was the only meaningful fight wasn't it really and um maybe if we look ahead to next season i think i can already envisage episode one of season four yeah four of uh, a box office hamilton versus verstappen in bahrain and i think netflix will be hoping that that does carry on for the whole season but anyway going back to abu dhabi i mean i still maintain it was the worst race i've ever watched not only because there was no overtaking like you know you get boring races but the perez safety car ruined all strategies as well didn't it because everyone pitted so even the strategy element was just yeah. nothing that was that was the one variable in the race and it mm. got nullified literally it yeah. was generally just a race that gave us nothing it was by far the worst race of 20 minutes i struggled especially, not to fall asleep especially like mm. after sakia it was like really really great race to that, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, that was, was finished. As well, people slag Abu Dhabi, but I went back after it and watched the 2018 one where Hulkenberg get flipped over with action up and down the grid. It was fantastic. I watched the 2019 one where there was action up and down the grid. It was fa- apart from the front, Lewis, yeah. <laughs> Lewis led up yeah. the flag, but basically from P2 down because you had Bottas coming from the back after an engine penalty and. Yeah. If you remember, DRS was broken in 2019 as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so and it led to some amazing racing um, because they, we didn't have DRS until about lap 30. And it was a fantastic race. And then 2020, it was just a snooze fest. <laughs> <laughs> it, it poses the question of what do they need to do to that track to make the racing more reliably good? Um, but yeah. Now that we've got the regulation changes, I think they'll hold off on anything just yet. Yeah. I, I think they'll wait to see what the new cars do to to the racing before they commit to any new track changes like they yeah. have at Melbourne. We do obviously oh, have a, a dream calendar thing slotted in for a few weeks. Mm. Um, so it is something we can touch on then, is how do we fix existing circuits? So Paul Ricard used one of the 60 million track configurations that they've got. <laughs> it's Paul, not Paul Ricard to just some um, of them. Don't race there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember people, there was a couple of boring races in Brazil a few years ago, and people kind of said, oh, it's not good for 
the modern the, cars. Yeah, I think it's because the cars just... are so wide. So I th- yeah, think, again, yeah. that's going to be once the new regulations come in. That's unthinkable now. the cars though. are smaller. Saying that about Brazil after 2019. Yeah, but uh, you, you think so. back to like 2018, uh, it's it's the end of the end of the first sector. So you've gone through the center S down down to the corner and then it's that sort of lead up into that uh, the right hander where Hamilton punted Albon off. Mm-hmm. That that section of track just feels so narrow when you ride on board with someone. It yeah. doesn't feel like you've actually got enough room. To Even get playing two it cars on the game, like yeah. it feels so so narrow. Um, so, it, I mean, it feels narrow in Monaco, like in terms of feel. Obviously, it's not Monaco is the narrowest track on the circuit, but well on the calendar. Um, but yeah, it, it does feel incredibly narrow. But I love sector too. It's so technical, mm. um, and it means there's so many places for errors. And I, I, I love Brazil as a circuit. It's fantastic. Can't wait to go back for the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. It does pose the question, though, of what what makes a circuit good? Because you see sir, the drivers, you see people call circuits a driver's circuit, like they did with Mugello, mm-hmm. because that was really challenging. And then you've got circuits that are what I would call racing circuits, where you have overtaking opportunities all over the shop yeah and it like spa matter. yeah exactly it doesn't matter where you are on the track if you can get a good run on someone out of one corner chances are you can probably have a go at them into the next and then you've got like the polar opposite of of monaco yeah you've got a couple of overtaking opportunities if you're brave enough to launch a dive bomb down into the swimming pool chicane and it's yeah yeah, more on that and the dreams. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I think finally, obviously we've brought up a few issues in Drive to Survive. How do we fix it? What can be done better? Um, I think in terms of drivers, because Hamilton's presence on the grid last year was very much elevated due to the Black Lives Matter movements, but that only really got like a a five ten minutes segment at the end of episode ten. Mm. Um, mm. I feel like that probably should have been given more screen time, given how big a story that was for the season. I think um, uh, I'm just gonna like get in quickly here. I think that should have been like maybe moved right maybe to the end of the first episode and not mm. right at the end, pushed to the back like right. very last episode in the Mercedes episode. Yeah, or yeah. like yeah. maybe like at the end of the first episode where they brought it in and like all that and um, yeah, and I, like I... maybe bring in like some of the, like, the controversies they had, like some drivers not kneeling and like all of them and like maybe like bring that into the first episode a bit because by the end, I, I imagine if people get bored, no one's really going to go to the last episode. If, mm. if they're bored by like the third one, no one's going to bother watching to the end. So I think if they really want to make that make a difference with that, they should have brought it to the first episode and made it a, a bigger point than it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wasn't great. I don't think just shoving it in at the end like that. I think just had a whole um, Hamilton episode, but yeah. I think what would have been good is have the whole thing about you know his campaigning. But then I don't think they've in the three seasons they've had they've not really shown how much just how much of like a titan Hamilton is in F one. Mm. At all, really, and um, obviously Netflix curse again. But <laughs> um, I think the thing 
what they could have done is maybe have a section on his campaigning and then use that to show how he can do all of that and still just turn up to a racetrack and win. Yeah. yeah. I think it's Netflix's way of saying it's uh, pro Black Lives Matter and pro the movements that Lewis is supporting. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, by putting it at the end, they're not shoving it in everyone's faces and mm-hmm. getting criticised for being, you know, oh, it's also left wing now. I think sort of what Netflix are, have tried to do is sort of separate actual politics also we've got the politics of formula one but separate actual politics from sport um, and by having it at the end so i can kind of understand that there because most people are there for the sport um, and not real life politics yeah but when you get it sort of it's it's at the it's with the national anthem at the start of every race Mm -hmm. and you just kind of see the occasional shot of some people kneeling at the front of the grid or lewis in his t-shirt yeah and it's just kind of, and then you just shoehorn in that little segment at the end. It doesn't feel like it's being given the uh, the the correct coverage that it warranted and for, it was a, for what a, an issue it was. And especially, and still is. Uh, especially with it being like at the very end of the last episode, mm. when people get to that, if people like they don't, a lot of people like don't want to hear it because like I mm. obviously it's it has been a big thing over the last year. And people, if it's like right at the end, the very last episode, people will just click off then just think, oh, this is going to be the next. And they see like how long's left of the episode and think, oh, this is all that's going to be happening then. I'm done with the f- same thing now. I've yeah. watched everything else. It... So that's what I think is they should have maybe moved it to like middle of like a couple of the episodes. So like they don't know how mm-hmm. it's going for, so they have to watch it because like it's very important. Especially with episode nine having Grosjean crash, which was arguably the biggest talking point that mm-hmm. Netflix was going to cover. Um, I I think that many people who watched F1 for the season knew how bad the Abu Dhabi race was, probably watched the first nine and just went, oh, 10 covers Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're a casual fan, you wouldn't know that and you'd probably watch the episode anyway. Um or if you're like us and you're reviewing it, you've you know you, you yeah just you have watch to. it anyway. Um, I mean, I, I I'll watch it anyway just because I like Formula One and I don't really yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> it's Formula One, give it to me. Um, but I think a lot of like really uh, sort of just the 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 fans that are there for the drama of the F1 uh, Netflix series would have probably got to episode nine and then said. Thanks, mate. That was the best bit. See you later. So, yeah, I think they needed to reorder that a little bit. Um, but that's that's it's always going to be a, a political issue at the end of the day. But that's something for Netflix to sort out. But in terms of the actual show, um, I think more episodes in a season so that we get mm. more stories covered because we've already discussed how we've missed lots of the uh, the one-off circuits that we had. I mean, I say one-off, we're going back to Imola and Portimao again, but for all we knew, we weren't. Yeah, um, yeah, so, that could have been an episode in itself, like sort yeah. of the changes to the calendar. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I mean, Turkey arguably warranted its own episode on its own. Yeah. Um, so I think if 
if we had maybe another five episodes in a season and two camera crews per weekend you'd probably you'd probably be looking at a a very very sellable uh storyline for a lot more of the season yeah i think um i mean we've kind of we've touched on this quite a lot haven't we but i think for me they just need to be like more flexible with who they show what they show and where just so they get more of the you know like the key dramatic moments of the season obviously some of them they did do a very good job of getting but others they missed out on but then as we've said they've got to be careful of not going too far in the other direction to make it a season review because i could just watch the sky f1 season review yeah Yeah. there's also um the problem if they do have episodes they're gonna have to like cover a bit more like obviously covering a lot more but there's also the problem of if drivers don't want to be in it because max verstappen didn't want anything to do with drive survive because Mm. like 2018 it painted him painted him in a bad light and kind of 2019 as well so like i see why he didn't want to be involved in this at all but there's also that problem if more drivers see like max's reasoning and think oh i don't want to be a part of this either that's also going to face a problem for netflix saying like if something big happens to them like first season mercedes didn't want anything to do with it and they were like obviously dominating yeah but so, then like, they saw how successful it was and then yeah agreed. Yeah, the so first um, the first series, Mercedes and Ferrari, Ferrari yeah. weren't yeah, in yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they felt also... like it could be too much of a distraction. That's why both teams still only grant one episode to Netflix yeah. and one yeah. race weekend. Mercedes still mess it up on that particular weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there is that like problem of if more if some drivers see Max's reasoning and think like I don't want to be a part of this at all. Then that's going to face a problem for Netflix because then I, something... I don't think it's going to go that way yeah. given the characters that we've got on the grid. True. I mean, mm. look at the interviews you've had with Danny Rick, where you know they've, yeah. gone, they've, they've gone home with him. Um, but there's, there's also the problem with the three new rookies now. Oh, Obviously, God, yeah. they didn't cover Latifi at all apart from his crash in like Syria, I think, Austria. Oh, yeah, that was that, that was, was the only open. part. <laughs> they only need a, they're the best drives in the world, they only need a couple of laps and they're on it. Instantly yeah. cut to Latifi, Bin yeah, to the wall, one. yeah, bravo, yeah. like bravo. Obviously, with the three rookies, the F2 champion, F2 third place, and Mazapin, yeah, <laughs> it was um, sixth, fifth or sixth, yeah, and not... like. They obviously they might touch on like Mazepin and like some stuff he's done. Well, I mean, given the coverage that Hass have had in the last few series, I I would say that yes, we're going yeah, to yeah. unfortunately have... be seeing Mazepin. Yeah, they're um, going to have. Hopefully, Mazepin. though, they'll take it in a direction where they cover more of Mick's journey because I that is a very be... big story in itself. Yeah, he's um, like Mick Schumacher, yeah. and also Yuki Tsunoda, who had like. What, four years in Formula Racing before joining Formula One. Yeah, so he was like rapid. Yeah, he's really good. Honda's last year as a as yeah. an engine provider, and that was sort of what they wanted. They wanted a Japanese driver in, being mm. powered by a Honda engine. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a, there's a. I mean, it's depends on how a season goes, really, depending on if you can make a story out of it. But I think. Maybe even just Red Bull's engine changeover is going to be cause for concern, and that might end up creeping into parts of uh, episodes with Christian Horner. Um, I mean, I think I mean, every episode in this season included Christian in some way or another. 
I mean, there yeah. was quite a lot of interviews with Toto, though. Yeah, yeah. Toto, Toto was quite long. All things considered. So, you know, I think... I mean, and uh, Gunter's also come out and said he doesn't really care how Netflix oh, yeah. plays him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, you're always going to have people like that in the opinion of uh, just, I I'll say the answers, you know, you record what you want. Mm. Um, Gunter's always going to be the character that just says what it is. And then Netflix will go and cut it and whatever. But I think given the relationships that the Netflix crews have built up in the paddocks over the last few years, I don't see it going away anytime soon. No. Um, well, I mean, it's definitely Christian back. loves it. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. definitely <laughs> back for season four because I've seen the, right the Netflix crews in the paddock at Bahrain yeah. Um, yeah. on Sky following Total Wolf, actually. Yeah. Back to the Mercedes um, sort of building. Yeah. I don't think Drive Survive is going to go away anytime soon unless, like, Someone else takes over F one from Liberty Media, and they think, "No, this is." Yeah, but like, um, I don't. I don't that, see it going anyway soon. Yeah, the, the way that Liberty Media have grown the the sport in an online sense, particularly. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be relinquishing those rights anytime, anytime soon. And finally, to fix Drive to Survive. The correct radio and video track yes. for the yes. correct races. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be talking about Silverstone and see the Austria track map on the pit wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw that. I think they were in Russia. And I think on Gunter's Thor, they had like, no, they were in Portimao and they had Austria on the yeah. thing. I was like, so, uh... hang on. <laughs> Wait a minute. Someone told him. <laughs> Ocon, Ocon going mad in the last race. Finishing ninth when they when they actually showed him coming second in secure. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That was uh, mm. I think regards to like the wrong commentary, I kind of see why they did that because like obviously they can't always like recording the commentary specifically for the show. I see why they've done that. Yeah, commentary's but, like, okay, time. but team radio yeah. like team radio is like yeah. yeah. That's like perfect. most people FM has all of the team radio. They can yeah. get the right bets. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we, even we can go back with um, F1 TV and into the vault and listen to all the team radios. Yeah, yeah. I think like, I went but... back into the the 2018 uh, German Grand Prix just to get Bono going in 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 in, in <laughs> and just to record that. So yeah, because you can cause... literally ride on board with a driver and hear everything. Like, yeah, all of the yeah. team radio is broadcast rather than the main broadcast where it's just certain things. It even it even cuts out like the the background noises as well. You yeah. just get the team radio with, um, but when obviously when the driver talks, you get the engine sounds, but that's because mm-hmm. that's coming through. But like uh, as as compared to the uh, the YouTube videos that Formula One Formula One put out, they've got music in the background. So yeah. if you wanted to use that as a clip or whatever, you'd have a little bit of music sneaking in in the background. Yeah, so. you'd have some cheesy background yeah, music. It, yeah. So yeah, it's not like the. Uh, the resources aren't there, given that yeah. even everyday lackeys like us can access them. But I think um, Drive it's... Survive is really for like fans new to sport or just casual yeah, fans. Like 100%. people obviously like us, we really like the sport. We made a podcast about it. Yeah, yeah, I wonder why. No, but I don't. It's really not made for people like us who are really into the sport and can mm-hmm. tell when a radio is wrong. It's made for like people yeah. who are new to the sport or just casually watches it and just think, oh, that might be cool for me to get into it more. 
and then like see what the past seasons were like. But I yeah, think, I think at the end of the day, Drive to Survive for us is more let's have a look at those interviews rather yeah. than yeah, yeah. let's have a look, let's at, have a look at the yeah for us like let's have a look behind the scenes and like yeah. Mick Schumacher going to Haas or like Alfa Romeo like that was quite interesting yeah mm-hmm. because it's it was like Mick in all his Alpha kit um and then yeah. he's like hi I'm Mick so I, I drive for Haas oh! <laughs> <laughs> loved yeah. that bit loved when Mick just introduced himself just like yeah uh, son of the seven time world champion yeah. just <laughs> Uh, it does its yeah. job, I think. That's... Yeah. Yeah, it, it fills it fills its space in in the market. I think. And yeah. It does a good job of it. But anyway, that wraps up this week's episode of the Turn Five podcast. Next week is going to feel a little out of place, but we're doing our season predictions with an important caveat. We had a sort of team poll on the Thursday night before Bahrain. And we set these predictions. They have not changed. And that's going to be evident yeah, by the time we talk about <laughs> yeah, these predictions. They've, oh, they've, been based off, yeah, they've been based off testing and that was it. Yeah, they were based off a yeah. of testing and a bit of 2020. Um, yes. Because of, um, of them sort of how much. static we perceived the cars to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and given, given that the, the episode after that will also be the Imola Grand Prix, uh, we'll also be covering our podium predictions for yes. that race as well. And I think so. If anyone wants to get involved, uh, feel free to tweet us your predictions for the podium for the Imola Grand Prix, or put uh, them in the comments if you're on YouTube. Drop them in the comments yep. on the YouTube video. If you're on the Discord server, drop us a message. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just get in touch any any way you like. Really, we're we're open to it. Um, we I'll, I'll be putting out uh, a, a tweet or a message here and there saying um get involved with this what what do you think you is going to happen um so i will inevitably put one out for for next week's episode and also next week because we can't fill an hour and a half on just season productions the new track layout for australia has been confirmed yeah. So we'll touch on that a bit as well. Are we going to, I think we're going to touch on F1 Fantasy as well. I think yeah. yeah. That was discussed. Yeah. So lots, a lot to talk about. lots to tune in for <laughs> next week. And then the week after, as we say, Imola. Um, so do stick with us over the next few weeks. Drop us a like and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, please do follow us on any podcast platform that you might be listening to us on. We're on quite a few now. We're up to um, six now. Yeah. Spotify, Google Podcast. Are we on Apple Podcasts? Not yet. We're Not still yet. waiting for authorization from Apple Podcasts, CastBox, and Overcasts. But we will uh, be there at some point. Yes. We're currently uh, available on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio, Rep- Radio Public, and Spotify. And then YouTube and as well. YouTube. Yes. So please do follow us on your your channel of choice. And follow and us on Twitter as well. Yes, follow us Where on Twitter and Facebook. Links are in the description. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Cheerio. Bye. Bye.